Welcome back to another episode of Aspire to Lead. I have some exciting news to share with you today, and I promise I'll make it really quick because I want to get to my guest, principal and author, Dr. Tyler Cook. So I host the podcast through a wonderful company called Captivate, and they just launched a new feature that allows podcasts to accept tips and create membership tiers similar to a Patreon. Now, I haven't created a membership option yet, but I did activate the tip feature. What this means is that there is a new opportunity for longtime listeners to directly support the podcast by leaving a small tip. It's a way to show your appreciation for the content that has been created and help me continue producing high quality episodes. Honestly, tipping is completely optional. There's no expectation on you and the content will always be free, but it's a wonderful way to support the podcast and contribute to its continued growth. Every tip, no matter how big or small, goes a long way in helping cover all the costs for the podcast. You can simply click on the link in the show notes Once you click on the link, it'll take you to a secure platform where you can select your desired amount. You can share a short message and your support will directly contribute to the growth and success to this podcast. So I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast journey the past five years. And remember, you are a huge part of the mission of this podcast to empower educational leaders to reach new heights. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Tyler, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Thanks so much, Joshua. Great to be here. Tyler, it has been an honor to get to talk with you a little bit. I had a chance to connect with you on social media due to a dear friend of mine, Tad Nisloni, who's a co-author with you on a brand new book, Building Authenticity. Love this text so much, and I'm so excited to learn a little bit about yourself, your journey, and man, just pick your brain a little bit about this fantastic book. I appreciate it. And if you look closely, you're going to see your name in there at some point as well. And so we so appreciate you contributing with all of your wisdom and your incredible leadership experience as well. So thank you for being a special part of it. Well, it was a true honor. And Tyler, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself, about your educational and leadership journey. Absolutely. Well, I'm an elementary principal in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm right on the lake. In my ninth year as a principal, I spent one year as an assistant principal at the high school level and then the last eight as an elementary principal in a K to six building. Just always had a passion for, for leadership, for trying to develop the greatness inside of people. My, my parents raised me always to be a, a giver more than a taker and to serve those around me. And so as opportunities presented themselves early on in life, I, I knew that uh, my calling was to help grow the potential inside of people. And so that led me to my educational leadership journey and uh, just wanting to make sure I'm, I'm faithful to whatever's in my hands, wherever I'm at. I love it. So what, what gave you the itch of leadership? Similar to what I, what I shared, you know, I've always been encouraged in life by my parents who instilled my, my value system inside of me is just to, to see the, the good inside of people. And this whole idea of you'll find whatever you look for in people. If you want to, in the world, find the, find the negative or find the bad, you're, you're going you're gonna to find it, right? You're going to see it. But rather on the flip side, if you're willing to look for the good, you'll also find that. And so as I, I had opportunities throughout my teaching career to invest into people and uh, uh, be empowered by other leaders of my own that I had, 
it was just uh, such a fulfilling thing to be able to to see the potential, to see people for who they could be, and to foster a vision and steward them to that place. And so, I'm uh, just grateful for opportunities that I've had throughout my life, and uh, thankful for where I am now. That's wonderful, and that is such a thread throughout the book. And I really want to lead with that because you know this this text, building authenticity, is is so wonderful for any leader, depending on you know where they are within their journey, and. If someone is looking for something to kind of uplift them, give them some guidance, why should they pick up this book and who is it written for? Oh, great question. Well, the whole premise behind the book is that everyone is a leader. If you have influence in your life, if you set an example in life, you're a leader. So it doesn't matter what your title is, your position is. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're a paraprofessional in the school. Maybe uh, you work in the cafeteria or maybe you're a, a teacher leader, whatever that would be you have an impact and an influence on the people around you. And so this book is written to give hope and a blueprint for each and every person, not just for strategy to lead, but ultimately to look inward first. How do we build not just systems in our life, but capacity in our life so that we can bring our best selves forth to everyone that we see each and every day. So as a leader, you know, maybe there's someone, a teacher, you know, maybe it's paraprofessional. I mean, you list off so many different titles there. You know, they're thinking about leading and trying to get their mind wrapped around that. What should they look at first before they start to try to reach out beyond maybe their classroom or their position to, to help make an influence on a campus? You know, someone once told me, and I, I may have said this a minute ago, is just being faithful with what's in your hands and, and watering the ground that you're planted in. It's easy to look on the horizon line and think, oh gosh, when I have this title or when I have this position, then I can really impact people. But rather, where are your feet planted right now? In what ways can you impact the culture around you? In what ways can you encourage people or maybe hold people to a standard of who they could be? I love the phrase, a rising tide raises all ships. And I mean, you even see it, um, even I, I coach my my. I have three sons and I coach all their soccer teams. You know, those nine-year-olds or 11-year-olds, they don't have specific leaders on the team by title, but certain kids just say, hey, you're better than that. Hey, let's come up to a higher standard. So it's no respecter of age or title. It's just a matter of how can you bring the people around you up to another level and see the good inside of them and put a mirror in front of them so that they can see it themselves. Within the book, you talk about fostering self-awareness and self-reflection. I think for any leader, that is such an important aspect of the role. However, some folks forget about that with the monotonous of the day and so many people coming at you with all these different problems. So what were some things that you put in place for yourself to really hone in on the self-awareness and the self-reflection piece? Such a great question. And when you look at the demands of leadership, when you look at uh, the pull on our life, it never stops. You know, if we always think through the mindset of, oh, when things slow down, I can do this. Oh, when I can take a minute to catch my breath, then I'll take care of myself. That time will never come, Joshua, right? It'll never come. <clears throat> so self-awareness is our ability to see ourselves objectively, to be able to be so aware of, of, our, of our moods, our emotions, and, and really ask ourselves that question, how am I doing? And I liken it to the dashboard of a car. You know, the, the, the check engine light, those indicators, the tachometer, the speedometer, all of those things indicate how your vehicle is doing. You wouldn't put tape over your dashboard of your car and take off across the country, right? You might get a little ways, but pretty soon 
you're going to find yourself in some dire straits. And we many times as leaders, we will ignore those lights on our dashboard out of the um, this idea of sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to be noble. And I'm going to ignore myself. Well, the byproduct of that is we end up not bringing our best self to the people who actually matter most. So we try to think we're doing it as a badge of honor and sacrifice ourselves, but really we're actually sacrificing our best self for the people that we really care about. And, you know, 75 members, I love this, uh, this, uh, this research, 75 members of the Stanford School of Business Advisory Council, they were asked, what is the number one most important leadership trait? And they said a resounding majority of it's self-awareness, the ability to know yourself well, understand your strengths and weaknesses, and then from there, be able to make adjustments and move forward in a meaningful way. All right. I want to talk about your support system as a leader. I know for myself, especially early on in my leadership journey, I just, I really didn't want people to tell me no or challenge some of my decision-making or plans that I had created. And I know as a veteran leader, that was probably not the best thinking. So why is it important to have people that are kind of pushing back and giving you really authentic feedback? And so many times as leaders, it's easy to feel insecure to be vulnerable and open yourself up, especially because you are the one where the buck stops. You are the one who has to make the decision. And, you know, having a healthy support system in life is one of the greatest gifts that we can have because feedback in and of itself is a gift. No matter who you are, we all have blind spots in our life. There's areas in our life that other people can see but we personally don't. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you all my blind spots, right? Like areas that I think of fired on all cylinders. And, but we, we need people in our life who are going to be honest with us because they love us. There's a difference between asking for feedback from everybody without uh, the right lens or understanding that there needs to be a level of relationship and trust there. You need to have a support system in your life where you can say, I want to welcome you and give you permission to tell me areas that are holding me back. And when you find someone like that in your life, it is such a gift because they can say, hey, Tyler, hey, Joshua, I love you, man. I see something that I think's maybe just holding you back a little bit. Or can I run an idea or a thought past you and just see where that lands? I mean, it's like that friend that's willing to tell you when you have pepper in your teeth or a little spinach in your teeth, right? There's nothing worse than talking to someone for 10 minutes in a conversation and then you get done and you look and you see a spinach in your teeth. You know that person's not your friend <laughs> if they never tell you. And so as a leader, many times our own insecurities can tell us this story. It can say, if I welcome someone and invite someone to give me feedback, they're going to say, oh, I thought you'd never ask. And then they end up pulling this big scroll and these list of 20 things that you're doing wrong. And it's uh, this idea of gotcha, but it's just the opposite. It's because they love you and they want to see you at your best. They're going to move toward you and help you get there. And so feedback as a leader, because it can be lonely at the top, right, Joshua? It can be so lonely. And so we need to seek those people out. So if someone's listening to this today, I would say, who have you invited in your life? to give you feedback. And, it, and if you don't have someone that you've intentionally asked to find that person, because it'll be a great catalyst for your growth. All right, Tyler, I got to tell you a story. So I was at a conference and they talked about a person that 
walked in front of the staff in the staff meeting and they had their zipper down and it was on purpose because they wanted to see who would actually tell them <laughs> that their zipper was down because they knew that they could trust them, right? And then, no lie, we went back to campus and my principal had their zipper down in a meeting. And I was like, shut up. Like, this is, we just, <laughs> we just saw the presentation about this. Like, why are you doing this? And they truly didn't know. This was, this wasn't meant to be a test, but obviously it worked out. So you got to find oh, those people that are going to call you out and say, yeah. hey, you got spinach in your teeth or you got your fly down. Because those people who you welcome to give you feedback in your life actually want you to look good, right? Like they want you. To, to be at your best. So oh, that's, a, that's a good story right there. All right, I wanna talk about empowering other folks. As you had mentioned this earlier, it's in the book also, but you know, obviously feedback like you're talking about is probably something that would be encouragement, empowerment for those who you serve. But you know, are there some other ways that leaders can make an impact in that way? Yeah, so the last couple of things I've been talking about have been more looking inward because as a leader, who you are is how you lead. And if we're not living really healthy, we're not going to be able to lead healthy the way that we want to. And it's more than just X's and O's, as you know, Josh, right? It's more than just managing. It's how, how do we lead ourselves first so that we can make the impact that we know that our people deserve? And so when it comes to empowerment, it's now how do I take the inner work that I'm doing as a leader and how do I turn that outward facing to then see the gold and see the good inside of the people that I lead? And the very idea of empowerment is one of my favorite words. And the definition is to, to release authority to, to equip, to enable someone, to literally fill with power. And so many times as a leader, we believe the lie or struggle with this idea of, you know what? It would just be easier for me to do it, right? It'd just be way quicker, way easier for me to do it myself. But we limit the potential. We limit the multiplication factor that we can have when we enlist people in our teams, in our organizations, in our districts to come alongside of us. And so that takes a lot of trust. That takes the willingness to say, I'm going to allow this out of my hands into your hands so that you can grow it and you can take it a step further. And I love the quote from Craig Grishel. He says, you can have control or you can have growth, but you cannot have both. You can't have both. You can't have both of your hands so wrapped tightly around something that you don't have a hand to hand off something to someone else. And so, of course, empowerment is it's built on relationship. It's built on trust. But it's time that us as leaders see that there is untapped potential in our schools and in our districts. And we leverage those people to go do really amazing things for our students. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, I want to dig in the untapped potential because, you know, if you're going into a situation where you've been promoted, right? So maybe you're getting your own school, you now have the ability to hire and start creating your team right but then you also inherit a lot of other folks and so you know you're talking about untapped potential and finding pieces of gold in people you know like what are some things that you have done within your nine years to make sure that you're gaining the best out of folks and maybe they're not even seeing it in themselves what a great question well first of all 
we have to be honest and be willing to be transparent that we don't know it all. Like I remember when I transitioned down to the elementary level, there were many things that I didn't know. Actually, there were more than many things that I didn't know about, right? You know, uh, you know, all of the, the facets of, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade. I mean, I, I was coming from the high school, right? And so I had to be really honest with what I knew, but also what I didn't know. And when you're willing to say, hey, I know that you're the expert in this, or I know that you're passionate about this, would you be willing to come alongside of me and we can do something really special together? It's a, it's a really, um, it, it builds trust, it limits anxiety, it builds relational capital. And I would say this to anyone who's maybe new into to leadership or has a new building to, to answer your question. Many times the idea of empowering someone is, hey, I have this project or this initiative or this thing, go run with it. Well, oftentimes it paralyzes people. And so I love this idea of a, of a mentorship model, or you can call it a, a number of things, uh, discipleship or, or just shoulder to shoulder. You say, hey, come along with me. You know, I had a, a situation where um, I was looking at getting this program built and I knew there was someone that would be perfect to, to carry this. But I also knew that if I said, hey, go do it, 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 it would be like they're frozen in time because that's really overwhelming. And so I said, hey, like, would you be willing to just come alongside me and partner with me in this? I think we could really bounce our ideas off each other and, and uh, you know, we could really leverage each other's strengths. For whatever reason, it was such an empowering thing. I know more than put my head on my pillow at night and I already had draft faculty emails they were going to send a permission form that was ready to go home to parents this idea that it, it was it was a safe place to grow and a safe place to lead and move forward uh, was just the catalyst that that person needed so um you know just that that idea of hey i've got your back i trust you i'm here for you uh, and i believe in you does something uh really special in people all right, I want to talk about the personal side of leadership, right? The things that we don't talk about, right? <laughs> so you already mentioned you have, you know, you said three boys, but you have four total children. And yep. I know obviously you're, you're a proud dad, proud husband. And, you know, it is sometimes extremely difficult as an administrator to balance the two, right? Your professional world and your private world. And mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, how do you protect one or the other and and where do your priorities lie and how do you set that up so that you know you're not seen as a failure as a father or a husband or a friend yeah and you know all of us in our own right no matter how successful we are um at one or the other most likely we're always going to deal with the lie that we're falling short or we're failing in one area because we can only hold so much in our hands and you know, as leaders and as as spouses, as parents, we have a heart to build and grow the people that that are in our life. And so, um, someone once told me, "You have an option. You can either a prioritize your schedule, or b schedule your priorities." And the latter is an intentionality to make sure that your priorities are the things that get your best and your most attention first. And so if you're a, a leader out there, I would encourage you to make sure that you build time and margin in your life for the things that matter most in those priorities before you schedule everything else in. Because 
If not, your schedule will be filled. You'll be pulled out into the waves, into the current, and you'll just be fighting against that riptide to try to get back to shore. And at that point, by the time you get back and you try to reset, um, you know, you, you, you don't have your best self to give. And, and Mother Teresa says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I know, you know, we can talk all about it. You see things online, you, you see all these different quotes and sayings. And yeah, it's easy to get behind this idea of, uh, you know, if, if I'm gone today, they'll replace me tomorrow at work or they'll never replace my family. That stuff's a great reminder, but it's hard to live out on a daily basis. It's hard when you've got a building of, of, you know, 50 adults and several hundred students. And so James Clear wrote an incredible book, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. James Clear talks so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, he talks so much about the intentionality to, to even build in the, the micro, those things that you want to, to find rhythm with in your life. And every action that we take is a vote for the person that we wish to become. And so, you know, if I want to be this amazing dad and I want to, you know, check all the boxes, I know that I do only have so much bandwidth. So I need to have some self-compassion and some grace in my life and know that, you know, maybe I'm connecting, sitting down eye to eye, heart to heart for 20 minutes with each of my four kids at night. I know it's not three hours, but I'd rather have 20 minutes of intentional time, this vote for the person that I want to become than, you know, to be, to be not present or to be scattered with my mind in 10 other places, uh, you know, for, for an hour with them, but I'm, I'm checking my phone and I'm doing all these things. So uh, whatever you are, be all there and be intentional with your priorities. So you've been a principal for nine years. I'm always curious for those who've been in the seat for quite some time. I think the average is like three years, you know, what was the secret behind that in regards to the longevity? So understanding that your team that's around you is really important that you spend 40% of your waking hours of your life with the people that, that you're with at work. And so you, I, I know that, you know, I have my own family, but our, our elementary school is Klein. You know, we call ourselves a Klein family and we don't just say that in jest or, or, or tongue in cheek. We truly genuinely care about one another. And when you know that there are people around you that care about you, that you can show up and, and be be open, be honest, that you have good days, you have bad days, but those people are willing to see the best in you, um, you know, it goes a really, really long way. And so you know, we've tried to build that into our culture to know that you know we come as we are, we all have one heart to serve the kids around us. You know, it it builds momentum, it builds purpose. It builds vision. And so, uh, you know, that takes intentionality. It takes commitment. You know, you're not just a team because, you know, you all have doors next to one another down a hallway or you're in the same geographic location. Like you're a team because you trust each other and because you're there for one another. And so, so I would say that's number one, you know, building longevity is, is investing in the team that you have to make sure that they're as, as healthy as possible. And the second thing is really circling all the way back to some of the stuff that I talked about at the beginning is like making sure that I'm living really healthy on the inside. If I don't take care of myself and I'm not willing to look inward and do that work, sometimes uncomfortable work on the inside, you know, I find myself uh, burned out, stretched thin, you know, giving beyond my capacity or, or my bandwidth. And that's no good for anybody. 
And so as a leader, uh, that self-awareness is, uh, is, a, is a really important thing. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll spend time journaling. If, if any of you who are listening or, or Joshua, if you ever journal, you know, processing your thoughts out, you know, if I have a tough day or maybe I'm, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm getting ready to go to work and I'm like, I'm not there yet. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll get my thoughts out on paper and I'll begin to cultivate gratitude and thankfulness, you know, rather than uh, just focusing on the pull and demands on my life. I'll look at the good and the, the things to be thankful for. And it, it reframes and reshifts my perspective. And it, and it gives me that for the, the day, grace for myself for the day and for those around me. Yeah, I love that example, man. Uh, I think it's extremely healthy instead of, you know, getting on your phone and doing the death scroll of finding out all the terrible things going on in the world <laughs> set up your day. I think that's a probably a much yeah. healthier outlook on, on life of jotting down a few things that we're thankful for. All right, Tyler, I want to throw a question at you that I ask all my guests. So that is for any aspiring or current leader that's looking to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do either tomorrow or next week? I would say, and I, I think back to some of the tenets of our book in, in building authenticity, and really we start with your core values, knowing who you are as a person and who you are as a leader first will be the thing that anchors you when the going gets tough. You know, when, when you establish who you are, your value system before the challenges come, when the storm comes, you're not shaken. You know, there will inevitably be things that, that get us doubting ourselves or, or, or get our knees buckling. And, and I know that, you know, a calm sea, um, never made a, a skilled sailor. Um, but you know, establishing that value system in your life of, of this is who I am. This is who I am to my family. This is the legacy that I want to leave in my life. This is um, who I want to be as a leader. All of those things that you can establish now will build really great foundations in your life for when you're given opportunities in your hands. All right, y'all, you got to get this book, Building Authenticity, a Blueprint for the Leader Inside You. I will have a link here in the show notes, also on joshsamper.com. Make sure you check it out. I mean, Tyler and Todd just put together such an amazing resource for leaders. So kudos to you guys. And obviously, I want my listeners to connect with you on social media. So how can they do that? So on all the social media handles, I'm at Dr. Tyler Cook. So D-R Tyler Cook. So that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And my website is drtylercook.com. So simple. Well, Tyler, I am just so honored to have you on the podcast. You're doing so many phenomenal things. This book, like I said, is is one of my favorite books of the year, and I highly recommend it for all the listeners. Pick it up immediately and make sure you're connecting with Tyler. He is a wealth of information within leadership. So thank you so much again for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Thanks, Joshua. Thanks for all the amazing work you're doing. You're adding so much value, and you're a blessing to everyone that listens to you, brother.